2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host. The Square Ball Podcast.
1: Straight out of Beeston and from the stadium into the studio for recording podcast 107. We're recording this, what, about 30 minutes now after the full-time whistle against tonight's game against uh, Reading. I'm Dan Moylan and more accurately, actually, it's these two who've come straight from the game. Uh, I had to watch most of it on Sky because I've been at work, but welcome along, Michael Normanton. Hello. And Daniel Chapman. Moscow on. Bailey Peacock,
0: it Farrell. Never it never ends, that song. Do, do, do. I've only been singing it for about half an hour since the game finished. Do, I've, got, do, do. I've
1: got a feeling this could be, could get a little bit tiresome. Bailey so Peacock, Farrell. I'm already fed up with you. What
0: a save. What a moment. What a night.
1: Before we get into all that then, let me tell you about issue five of our fanzine. It will be out on sale digitally and at the ground versus QPR on December the 8th. Do check out all the merchandise online as well. We've got some smashing winter hoodies themed around the, the, There's the military green, there's the lucky yellow away one as well, T-shirts and whatnot. Go check all those out. And have a look out for our 2019 calendars and the colouring books as well, all the profits of which will go to the Leeds Children's Hospital Charity, Leeds Cares. Full details and links are available at thesquareball.net. <laughs> Well then, gents, six points out of six. People said when we came back to do this podcast again we would jinx the season and we've had no goals conceded thanks to the fingertips of Bailey Peacock, Farrell. Do, and, do, do. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, six points out of six, so off the back of the Bristol City win. Which one do you want to deal with first? Reading, because you've just come from it.
0: I was going to do the curse and just say we've we've only done one broken leg and I think as, as the curse goes, a broken leg and six points, we're all right.
3: It wasn't even our leg, really. It was no. Chelsea's leg. It's a <laughs> win
0: for us. <laughs> We'll do Bristol first. You could probably, we could combine the first halves of the Bristol and Reading games into one just with slightly different personnel. There's I a Saiz thought. bit and a non-Saiz bit mm. is the way I would split this. It's like we used to have two two teams. You'd have Leeds first team and have Leeds United reserves and now it's, it's Samu United or, or non-Samu United.
1: has to be said, both games have turned on the uh, reappearance of Saiz, haven't they?
0: I'm glad, I'm kind of glad that Tonight against Reading, it all turned on him because it means we can go back to the Bristol game and say that that red card that Lee Johnson said came when they were just they were just on the verge of scoring ten goals and beating us it wasn't the change. It was Saiz who came on and changed the game. We should play him from the start. We should play him from the start, and I think I think after today we will. We should probably. play him from the start until the end, every game, <laughs> ninety minutes.
3: On about seventy-five minutes today when it kind of have fallen a bit flat after the goal, I said, bring him on again. <laughs> it would have been the best thing. Just take him off, run
0: around the edge, back on. Will we give, try the, give us a lift. He brought on little Jamie Shackleton, which is kind of like a, a Saiz in, in training, I hope. We can but dream. But that was a bold move as well. Awesome. It was. I mean, I, I'll than... be
3: honest, I'd never heard of him until the start of this season. And there he is. He's off. been
0: bubbling under in the... the youth teams for a while, he's been the one that since he was about 16 people have been going. He's still about 16, he's look really at him, good. he's a child. No, he's he's 24, he's just little.
1: In fairness, a lot of the first team in the last couple of games have been children, and uh, fair play to the two youngsters who were thrown in, young uh, Willie Hoffer straight out of the First World War trenches and into our uh, into our gold mouth, and uh, Apo Halmay is that how you pronounce it?
0: Something like that, straight out of a 90s indie mumblecore film. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would be the friend of the romantic lead who kind of is always in the background. Like, "I think you should kiss her." <laughs> no, really, you should get her phone number and then you should kiss her. He's like, "Oh no, I'm not sure she's into me." No, you should definitely kiss her. It's a little bit quirky, and then he probably gets killed.
3: Yeah, I thought it looked like um, Joe Lycett with gigantism crossed with a Moomin. Yes, <laughs> a really bit tall of Moomin. Bit of Moomin.
1: How did he play? <laughs> he did all Didn't right. Notice. He
3: was. He did. He was a little bit. This is. This is going to sound. Um, snobbish following our discussions about what was vulgar he was a little a bit of a vulgar defender he kicked it out of play a few times which, mm. which our defenders don't do anymore but you know Fred Youngster making his debut I'd rather he did that than try and do Cruyff turns and
0: he tried some Cruyff turns as well um <laughs> oh, he did get a bit lost at one point yeah he came up he was on the right wing on the halfway and started trying to like Cruyff turn past three players didn't really work out for him in the air though he was winning some very strong just the balls coming over the top it's maybe about eight feet in the area. He'll just jump over the player and head it away. That's good.
3: I did, I was watching him thinking he might come in useful, but when we play the likes of Borough, who maybe will just sling the ball into the box 600 times in a game.
0: Yeah, because yeah, he did the Pontus job at Corners. He just headed it away. Mm. It's absolutely fine. And then Willie Huffer was fine. He made his one save, did well. A couple of flaps, a couple of things. But, you know, if you're going to be making your debut and you're 20 and you've, you're under that pressure, it was absolutely fine. And there was a moment when... Uh, after he was, he didn't look certain on the first corner, and then when Br- Bristol got another one, Lee Johnson came at the edge of his technical area and was like pushing his hands telling all the players, like,
1: get in the six-yard box, get on the kid. Bullying children.
0: Yeah, the bullying children. And he, he stood up to it, did absolutely fine. So no complaints about either of them.
1: Speaking of Lee Johnson, he said that Leeds got away with it, quote-unquote.
0: Lucky, is his other words. He kind of doubled down on it as well today. He's like, I didn't mean to imply they were lucky. What I meant to imply was we were about to win, something like that. It ridiculous. <laughs> just basically things that they lost. because
1: Big old deflecting crybaby.
0: I've still not yeah. seen a replay of it. Was it. I presume it was a yellow card. Of
1: course it was. It was yeah, I, when,
3: I, when it happened, I didn't realise the door had been booked, but I didn't for a second think it wasn't a yellow card. Yeah,
0: neither of them were spectacular. They were just kind of run-of-the-mill mundane bookings. So, yeah, you do that twice and you, you go off the pitch.
1: Calvin said it was a bit harsh, didn't he? But even still, look, those are the type of industrial tackles he has been known to make in the past. I think the
0: point with Lee Johnson is that Bristol were not going to win that game. It was just a matter of how Leeds were going to win it. And it was funny, when uh, the player did get sent off, Saiz, Baker and Harrison were all warming up and they all started looking from the pitch to the bench as the game kind of went on. They were all like little meerkats going like, you gonna you gonna
1: bring us on? You gonna make, look? We could, we could we could come on now. We could do then, something here.
0: And they did. And they did.
1: Well, Baker got his chance, didn't he, tonight against Reading? But was uh, on, was he unceremoniously hauled off? Is that fair to say?
0: I don't like starting these kind of uh, these rumours. Well, it's not even starting a rumour; it's just stating a fact. I came out straight out the West End, basically on the full-time whistle, to get in the car with him. And Lewis Baker was already in his Range Rover. Um, sitting in the car park, did waiting, have tears streaming down his face. He was just texting on his phone or no. something, or maybe it's playing Snake Two or something. But um, bearing in mind that Bailey Peacock Farrell was still just like walking off the pitch after being interviewed on Sky, um, as I came down the steps and then straight out, and Baker's already in his car. I can only hope—well, no, not hope. I don't hope this happened, but I can only assume that the unceremonious halftime substitution also coincided with him being told to just sod off.
1: I was going to say maybe he was texting uh, Jamal Blackman saying I don't like it here without you, mate.
0: He did kind of play like he was missing either his friend or like some football ability. <laughs> I,
1: I don't
3: just, know. I don't, it wasn't it, terrible, but it was pretty bad. He, he, he gave it away a few times. I, yeah. I just think the setup of it didn't work. I think him, Forshaw and Clecktral, they're all a bit on top of each other. No one really pushes forward with it. Whereas in second half, Forshaw dropped back and did that role that he does quite effectively. I don't like Forshaw further forward particularly. No. Saez could then come on and do what he wanted and clutch, stroke Shackleton, didn't really matter because <laughs> Saez was doing his thing in one place, Forshaw was doing it in another place.
0: And that's the crucial thing with Saiz is he goes to where there's some football happening and he goes over and he makes an angle. Even if he doesn't get the ball, it's movement. First half in both games was just too slow, too square. And I, I wrote it in the match report on the website about the Bristol game that we were giving Liam Cooper and Alport Halme all the decisions to make. Like, you have the mm-hmm. ball and you decide where we're going to attack. Whereas when Saez is on, he'll say, give me the ball and I'll sort it out up there under the pitch. Because it's possibly a bigger question than whether what happens to Baker. Alioski was not in the car park unless he'd been told away for being parked in a disabled bay. That's kind of an obtuse offside joke. Well, anyway, I assume he was still uh, celebrating with Do 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 Bailey Peacock Farrell along with the rest of his uh, teammates. But hauling him off at half time is mm. something that uh, is kind of rare. Mm.
3: But was was I didn't see the dive particularly well from the cop. It's beat you were watching it on TV.
1: Yeah, it, it's not good. No, it's really quite bad. It's, it's 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 embarrassing, is what it is. You kind of watch and go. Mm. Oh, just get up, you. Bear in mind, get up.
0: I haven't seen it either, so I bear in mind we're the football club that existed through Adrian's dive, that the dive that rolled around the world. How? Where does it relate? So when you say it embarrassed us...
1: Well, you know you know the Brentford one where the guy's obviously going down before um, Bailey Peacock-Farrell hits him? Mm. Same sort of idea, except Alyoski started going down about five minutes before that. <laughs> like the Brentford one in real time looked like it could have been a penalty, so you can yeah. kind of understand why it was given. This was—he just started to go, and he went, you know, he arched the back like his weight had gone from under his legs. And he was going down before anyone was near him, and I saw. Sort I of was like, "Oh, get up!"
0: I do have some sympathy because we've tried everything else to get a penalty over the last fifty-six games, and it hasn't worked. So we may as well just try an absolutely ridiculous dive and see if you can you can pull the wool over Mike Dean's eyes.
3: And Dan was telling me because I thought this at the time, and Dan's replays have, uh, have shown this to be the case that they—they're one of their players punched the ball in the box. When really. It, it was it gone out. He thought it had gone out for a corner, and he just hit it away, mm. like in that kind of that's gone out of play.
1: It was um, it was Gunter about a minute before we got our penalty. Right. Yeah, out of frustration, you know when it sort of bounces up sometimes, and he kind of almost like a volleyball move went whack and whacked it into the air. But the replay seemed to suggest that the whole ball had not crossed the line. You see the whole narrative of the the
0: penalties and the 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 way the game ended when they got their penalty. Um, it was all playing into. What I thought was happening once Mike team was announced that it was Sean Harvey, when it's like, "Ah you send me these letters about Pontus Janssen, you complain about my my broadcasting deals well, I will send you my favorite referee for the game, A game live on Sky." and it was all it was all coming together. If I mean, if they're punching the ball in the box and not we're not getting a penalty, then it was absolutely nailed on. so arise a hero. Was do, that penalty? Do, do, do. a
1: penalty? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a shame. Douglas described it. Yeah, yeah, I want to be angry about it, but you can't be. Douglas described it in the post-match interview. He was saying it was just a tired, like a tired challenge. So, yeah, he mistimed it. And I just kind of went, oh, what have you done that for? Yeah, What have you done that for? It didn't, he didn't need to make the tackle. He should have just showed him to the line. But It all kind of came. It was uh, little Jamie Shackleton
0: lost the ball to start all that as well, which is where, if we're talking about the brave moves to change these games, Saiz and Clark at half time, Clark was brilliant. Saiz was brilliant brave would put us on the front foot not quite sure what jamie shackleton was brought on for if it, if it wasn't just like i enjoyed having lots of kids in the side at the weekend i think i'd like to see another child play
1: as we've said he's just showing off isn't he Myself, yeah maybe. He's just showing off can do this with children a bunch of children. If it,
0: yeah, if, if at the end of the game, what well, did you make of the game? As says, well, I'll just draw your attention to the average age of my team, which was 12 at the end. Um, <laughs> just, just, just shows the integrity of our squad.
1: A bunch of children and a mercurial Spaniard, because I want to return quickly to what we were saying about size, and You, you mm. made an interesting point about the way that he makes space. And did you see the interview with Izzy Brown, who was talking about what Bielsa has them doing in training and how different it is? And he's you're expected to receive the ball Whilst on the move, as we yes. saw from that beautiful uh, struck goal by Patrick Bamford, and Izzy Brown said that he said it's all about receiving the ball on the move, and mm-hmm. it's and it's what Saez I think does best, doesn't it? He'll just find that that yard or that angle,
0: and that's why I find it weird that he he plays without him because he plays it's Bielsa's defined role, the angonche. He just doesn't pick a team without a player like well, there is one player who does what he wants, and if Saez isn't there, I'm not sure who that player is supposed to be. And when you talk about that. Thing I was thinking it as well while I was watching it about they're not supposed to they're only supposed to receive the ball on the move, Foreshaw, sure. and it drives me at the wall, I would love us just to get some more one touch passing because just it goes to Foreshaw sure and he kind of he looks left, looks right, and then stands still. I think and that's, and I think that's lays when Fosha
3: plays further forward. When he's mm. by the end of the game, him and Saez almost do sort of a mirroring role. That for the always there, the person to take it off the defence. Saez is always there to take it off someone in attack. And it means there's always just a ball on someone. And Forshaw's fine at receiving it and passing it square, which is basically what he has to do in that deep position. Calvin Phillips plays it sometimes. But when he's further forward, yeah, he looks like he's he's not instinctive enough to do it, whereas Saez will, without looking, sort of flick a ball 40 yards over his own shoulder sort of thing and and it'll go to Hernandez.
0: He loved, as well, and I think this is uh, maybe testament to how good Jack Clark could be, he absolutely loved just pinging the ball to the wing for him. Hmm. It's like, what am I going to do? Just ping it over there. Go on, Jack. Which is great to have that, that much confidence. We've got Pablo and Anders on one wing. He's like, oh, maybe I can give it to the old man. Oh, I was banging at the kid.
3: I thought they were set up quite narrow, I suppose, because maybe they thought they'd, they'd have the beating of roof in the air. They seemed, we didn't have a lot of height on. So I don't know if they deliberately set up just to compress it into the middle. Because I thought Clark had loads of space, like yeah. far too much, really. They, were, they weren't really trying to stop him until he kind of got Halfway into the box.
0: Same in the first half, because it was on now it was on the other side. Barry Douglas was always free and they always just left him just like in loads mm. of room on the left. And it's like Clark if wasn't offside just, either. Wasn't he? I
3: don't think he was ever offside.
0: No, he nearly there was that one fast break when he could have should have.
1: Honestly, say he's mm-hmm. went spare. You see the replays of that he's going spare, you know, like you can see the that Latin swearing going on. Like... But you
0: could tell it was that it's Clark not quite having that intelligence yet because by the time he'd realised Seiz so was there, Seiz so had gone offside.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the, so ball, he, the ball needed to be played early or he had to hang on to it because Saiz, yeah, I think he up. was
0: maybe, shit, I'm 17. <laughs> <laughs> 18, now. 18 now. Oh, well, he should have known what he was doing then, Crying out loud. Maybe
3: the birthday explained why he would look knackered <laughs> by the end of it.
1: Interested to see what Bielsa said after the game that he uh, he made the changes to add fluidity, which plays into what we've just been saying. Just looking at these post match comments, mm-hmm. the, they weren't getting much change down the left, so he, he took um, Aliaski off. So fluidity was the goal, and it, to be fair, it, it worked.
0: I'm now imagining what it sounds like when Slim Lamrani says fluidity.
1: Also in there, and you like this? Uh, he mentions that we had our ups and downs. He's he's learning, learning the songs.
0: Fant- I'd love to hear him sing them.
1: Maybe in May. When we're lifting that trophy. It's not... Well, that's how he... How he's always remembered
0: at Newell's when he started waving the shirt around and singing, uh, not singing, but yelling, Newell's Coraggio, Newell's fuck, which is (laughs) concise and to the point. But if we can get him up on our shoulders, Leeds,
1: fuck. (laughs) And that we do indeed. Uh, That leaves us all second. We're a point behind Norwich now, just off the top. It seems to be getting back on track a little bit as we're near the halfway point of the season.
0: Yeah, I do wonder if... if maybe some of this Saiz-lessness that we've gone through has been him, Bielsa being a little bit maybe too pragmatic for the league, mm. um, when he maybe doesn't need to be, and maybe he's learning that we're just not as good. Because I think when we do play, we're we're, we're more solid, um, and that's fine. But I don't think we look very good when we're solid, and we don't look much weaker. Just play size from the first minute to the last, and just start banging the ball at the other team because they don't like they don't like it.
1: Yeah, I was going to say I've scribbled down here. Saez and Forshaw? Question mark. Do you think that Saez has maybe fallen victim to the return of Forshaw a bit? Like, the, like it seems like Bielsa likes him because he's that sort of little tidy little engine room, mm. and he likes that sort of play. But like you were saying then before, I think it was Michael that we've kind of uh, all these similar players. all just they're not the same. Trick, they're yeah. just
3: not the. I don't see them as being the same position whatsoever. If if Saez can't play there, I'd probably be tempted to put Hernandez in there or someone who's more creative when i, I don't i like Fosher sure a lot when he's deep but when he's further forward he just frustrates
0: me i think it was supposed to be baker was like the first in line to take over from saiz we tried mm. him in the league cup i think maybe mm. or some friendlies and that's just not working so it's like basically try and get is he brown fit and that's that'll be the competition but yeah well,
3: tonight it seemed like click was further furthest forward yeah
0: but his game is kind of like trying to get on the end of the ball in that's going into the box not getting the ball on the edge of it and then going, can you guess where I'm going to pass it? No, you can't.
1: Final word then on this for Bailey Peacock Farrell. This was a, it was a little bit fortuitous and written in the stars, was this, wasn't it? This one, having... Do, do, do. Bailey Peacock Farrell. Michael, can you make him stop doing that? I, I wish I could.
0: Nobody can stop me. <laughs> Nobody can stop him. Yeah. He's smashed Jamal Black, Blackman's leg. He's seen off the challenge of Willie Huffer. And he's defeated Sean Harvey and Mike Dean's evil plot, so I think that's a that's a good week's work from uh, from the player that Salim Lamrani likes to just call Farrell.
1: So, what do you think then of um, Bielsa's decision to go public on on dropping Bailey Peacock Farrell? I mean, you could argue based on tonight's evidence that it definitely worked, Moscow. What do you reckon?
0: A little bit unorthodox, but as usual, it came at length, backed up with plenty of supporting evidence and uh, the explanation for it went on so long that by the end you'd almost forgotten where you'd started so you couldn't argue with it because you don't know what you're arguing against it's it's weird because Paul Heckenbottom said almost the same thing about Bailey Peacock Farrell last season that before he got in the team he needed to kick up the arse and tell him you need to be better if you're going to get in the team and that's kind of I think that's why Marcello Bielsa wanted all that to be public. We wanted to say, I'm basically telling Bailey Peacock-Farrell, as I have told him, that he lost his place. And if he wants to keep his place, even though Jamal Blackman is going back to Chelsea on a stretcher, you've got to be better. And that's not a bad message. It's not like he was saying, I'm never going to play him again.
1: You must be delighted, though, when he uh, announced that he was dropping him as the original Bailey Peacock-Farrell hater. This
3: tonight when he saved that penalty, I saw him. He was st- he angry? Stood after, stood up after it, and he shouted, "Fuck Moscow!" He said.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. If he's using me as a... Did you have
3: mixed feelings,
1: Moscow, when he saved that penalty? No, you were I were surprised though, but weren't you? Because you think he's rubbish.
0: How many times can I justify the the point of that video was to protect him as much as like, I didn't want him thrown to the Ellen Road Wolves, even when Will Hoffer made his uh, his debut on. Saturday.
3: could not find any footage of him being bad in the youth team to anything. <laughs>
0: no, but he he fluffed. There was a couple of times he he was on the ball, had the ball at his feet, and he was charged down. And you could hear around the stadium people going, "Oh fucking hell, I'm not happy about. It. I don't think he's very good." Because we we do jump on players even when we're trying to be nice to them, and that's what I, I mean. I've you certainly, do. I you certainly. Do. Well, bloody hell! Well, not everybody at York wanted him like this. They sent him back from York City. The facts you know, the the history will always show he was sent back from York City in virtual. They were like, no, we'll take our chances. We think Paul Rehobka might be free. And then even Paul Heckenbottom was then saying this lad needs to book his ideas up. And then he booked his ideas up. Everything went fine. But then here's Marcello Bielsa again saying kid needs to book his ideas up. So it could be that he has a problem if he's a little bit too complacent. Maybe he was at York going, ah, like, oh, it's only York, this will be easy. And it wasn't. And then he occasionally gets into the mindset I'm projecting now but maybe this is the thing he just gets a little bit and the reaction tonight I, I wonder if he would have saved that penalty two games ago maybe it is he's he's feeling a little bit more like oh yeah this is actually hard I have to work hard
1: I bet you think he wouldn't have done don't you because you hate on him <laughs>
0: I've I've done nothing but sing his song for since half past nine this evening
1: it's a guilt chant that
3: isn't Michael? Won't it Michael is. I will stop singing it you're trying to make up for it but it's too late
0: can we talk about Liam Cooper?
1: Damage is done, isn't it now?
0: <laughs> Can we talk about Liam Cooper running to the bench to get that little goalkeeper shirt with "Get Well" Jamal Blackman on the back of it, which Marcel Bielsa beautifully thought was a message to the ground staff, the well, gardeners of the stadium. The gardeners of the stadium. In the stadium. <laughs> and then, which is all fine. I mean, I find it a little bit. I already found it a little bit strange because I mean, he's only, he's only broken his leg. He doesn't even play for Leeds,
3: and it, and, and a goalkeeper as well. I think you don't need your legs, not really. <laughs>
0: It's not like when you're. It's not like you're in your pacey
3: striker though, and you do and you, you break a leg and you think, oh, I was going to lose a bit there. It's only a goalkeeper.
1: What's he going to do? Hop around the area? he will be
0: fine. he'd be fine. You yeah, see those um, cats that have been in car accidents, and just give them <laughs> give them wheels. it will be okay. Just wheel him back and forth. But maybe if we put him on casters, so he can go in four directions.
1: Good old fashioned peg leg. leg. Why are you suggesting we amputate his pirate leg, leg? Amputate his leg, just
3: on the. Front. That's Beals's next step: pirate goalkeeper promoted to I mean, the pirate in it. with an eye patch. I
0: mean, you talk about me having.
1: We, we were obsessed with pirates last bloody podcast. It's,
0: you, you talk about me having a lack of faith in Bailey Peacock Farrell, and here's you two suggesting that you'd rather have a one-legged goalkeeper with an eye patch. Just saying. Anyway, I found Cooper's tweet later on particularly bemusing when he was saying it's like it, it was great to have the big man watching over us as <laughs> he as we won this match worse to that effect i was i had to check that like this broken leg had not suddenly become something much worse i mean jesus christ i mean it's they i suppose they're all mates and they're doing it for a mate but
3: the Gareth South did Gareth Southgate say something recently about the England team watching? A, they had a picture of Danny Welbeck by the telly or something. <laughs> I'm sure I read something about this.
0: What was it with him? Just like a, twi- a yeah, he like yeah, like pulled his hamstring.
3: hamstring or something,
1: <laughs> and then the, like had a little candle lit for him.
0: If we did it for Pontus Janssen, It'd be every bloody game.
1: Did they not just mean that Jamal Blackman's really tall when he said watching over him?
0: Maybe, it's maybe quite high. But he's not our problem anymore. He'll never <laughs> play for Leeds United again.
1: Or for anyone again. I know it's slightly old news now, but in terms of other injuries, Patrick Bamford, we enjoyed very much the, uh, the volley and the hug that Marcelo and he indulged in. And indulged is the right word because, as Marcelo said, I afforded myself this excess. A hug is an excess to Marcelo Bielsa. He's wild. He's, abs- he's an animal.
3: He looks like a man who'd give a hug happily, I'd say. I don't think it's an excess at
0: all. Have you seen the clips of him in the Marseille dressing room? You can see it's like he, he loves like high-fiving all the players. Who was I think it was Barry Douglas after the West Brom game said that everything was normal in the dressing room. He didn't read the right act. He just went around did his post-match ritual of shaking every player by the hand. And that made it sound quite Victorian. But having seen the, the Marseille thing, I think it's more like everybody's stripped to the waist, giving high-fives and bear hugs. And having seen the hug he gave... Bamford, I would, I'd love to be in the grip of Bielsa, stripped to the waist, affording himself whatever excess he wants with me.
1: Um, it's all gone a bit Studio Fifty Four, hasn't it? <laughs> I mean, that was that was
0: one of the 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 progression of feelings in that video. One, what a finish from Bamford. Two, if he can run as well as finish like that, perhaps he can play in the team. That'd be good. Three, here comes Bielsa. Four, run to him injury's not that bad um, and then five it's like oh, I wish somebody yeah. would hug me like that
1: the person who Titanic'd, put the Titanic music underneath that great job would also say as well and again forgive me because I can't remember who it was but somebody tweeted to point out if you watch that and we, we all got caught up in the hug but if you watch Bamford as well he adjusted his run just at the last second as well to the left just so he could take it and do that volley. And I think that's that's where that all came from. It was just that little shimmy to the left. Beautiful. It
3: was interesting to see how the pitch was laid out as well. I've no idea what it was for, but there were squares on it. There were sticks in the ground. He knows what he's doing, Bielsa. You've yeah. got to give him credit for that.
0: <laughs> it, that's one of his trademarks as those well. Things, as...
3: Those things haven't happened by accident. No.
0: Also, yeah, there's um, when I've tried to read some stuff about that in... Spanish translation, it always ends up being translated as like masking tape that so they go and like mm. put tape out on the pitch. But yeah, it's all to his it's all up here in his head. Hacking you
3: know, bottom being... didn't have masking tape.
1: Strikes me more as a blue tack man, I think. I can <laughs> keep rolling it up into a ball, taking it off the wall, you know. Bringing
0: up his his post his yeah. ornithological posters. It's a Kez joke. Yeah. I hope we're all we're yeah. all on on the page. It's a Kes joke. The other thing I liked from that video was um learning that Bamford's nickname is Pat. Mm. Not Paddy, not Patricky. Not Bammy. Pat. Good goal, great goal, Pat. Bammers. they didn't go for it. They gone for Pat. Nobody calls anybody Pat anymore, not even, unless unless it's a postman joke. That's good. That's another old fashioned thing that I'm enjoying.
1: Is he brownies fit again now? Touting himself for a bit of action. Mm. Bit fit. Well, he didn't yeah. play. Yes, he didn't play in the reserves. Did he? When he was
0: mental. Yeah, no, he was all giving it in the papers. He's like, "Yep, yeah, playing ninety minutes on Monday, and I'm going to be back in the team," and then. Um, it's, not he, like, it's
1: not like Izzy Brown To give it the big one Is it
0: He was asked about that Did you see um, He was asked about Meeting up with Pontus again He said You know These things happen We had a laugh about it In the changing room And uh, and I'd, I'd forgotten What a big bloke he is actually. And I apologise to him Yeah <laughs> But yeah So he was supposed To be making his big Getting his 90 minutes Under his belt And he just Just wasn't even In the squad But said No Under 23's Playing Newcastle on Friday And uh, whatever the uh, Reserves Cup is He'll play it then I mean, he definitely won't play then. He'll be like Black when he's gone. It's over. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to Chelsea. (laughs) Next we hear of him is Liam Cooper will be holding up a shirt and just like (laughs) lighting a candle for him at the side of the pitch, getting his piano out. It
1: seems to me you lived your life. Izzy Brown in the wind. Goodbye, Chelsea's Rose. eh? Uh, So he's on the way back. um, It'd be nice to have him as an option, as an alternative to Saiz. No, no it wouldn't. We don't burn out the little prince. What an alternative to Saiz. I want Saiz. We don't want to tire him out. We need to keep He's him. He's
0: fine. We saw when he spoke through Salim Lamrani and he said, uh, what I like is playing football. And I like that we play twice a week in this football because I like playing football. It it's great. So we'll let him play all the time. He should
1: play for the under-23s as well. Uh, someone else is on the way back, but for different reasons. Pavel Chabitsky is coming back from mould because the, uh, the season's finished there, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And he's, uh, what, got three in 13 games. He's been playing.
3: you is know. An, an
0: improvement. J-Roy has been playing.
3: I saw a brief clip of J-Roy looking like um, a young Ronaldo, the Brazilian one. not The, <laughs> the Brazilian one. one was better. Yeah. Did you see the clip of him? Yes, he's I burning think... Away he, from, I mean, he miscontrolled it a bit. But yeah, and the cross at the end was... Yeah, but, you know, better than we saw him. Progress. It's all T- progress. Touch of the Huckabees there.
0: Yeah. Um, if Huckabee was like... Had the build of an Adonis, the, yeah, the big friendly giant.
1: They've got an eye still on keeping him, um, keeping him as an option, bringing him back, haven't they? Do you think he will?
0: I think it's just because we gave him something like a sixteen-year contract, so we don't really have a choice. Chubitsky is an interesting one. He was apparently given the option to stay. It was like it wasn't definitely you have to go. It was I think he might have been in Bielsa's maybe group, but he sort of said that after last year, he was. Really, just pissed off with leads Like he just, he felt like last year had been a waste of time. He's got angry, and so he's like, "I'll go to Mold where I know I can play." So him coming back is kind of a, an interesting one. But I don't imagine that bielsa's is gonna go like, "Yes, you who know nothing about how I play," because they were saying that um Angus in programme notes tonight he described how he'd been basically dusting off the fax machine to go and get an emergency loan keeper. And Bielsa had said, no, I've got Huffer and I've got Miesic, and um, and they know how I play and I don't want some stranger coming in here, ruining everything. And Pavel Chubitsky uh, is effectively now a stranger to him. So he won't be getting a hug.
1: Yeah, you're either in the circle or you're out of the circle. It seems to be the case based on what you were saying in the last podcast. Actually. It'll be a, a League One loan, I predict.
3: I mean, he's got, he's got Clark and Harrison ahead of him as well, hasn't he now, which is looking a bit tricky to... The breakthrough, I'd
1: say. On to other matters, stuff that we uh, mentioned in the last one. The tour to Australia has now been confirmed by the club. And uh, my dad's going, spending the inheritance, which is a bit unfortunate, <laughs> really. 40 quid a ticket. It's funny, he's uh, booking a trip to Australia, which is probably going to cost thousands and he was moaning about the price of the tickets. 40 like, quid? I thought like you are going to Australia. It looks
0: anyway. a lot more in Australian dollars as well, doesn't it? Isn't it about 6,000?
1: Yeah, we're opening um, Western Sydney Wanderers. They've got a new stadium and we're opening it. Let's take the seats out for them. <laughs> have we got form in that respect? Do you think?
0: <laughs> yeah, we used to. We normally just like close stadiums, Dean Court. I think had to have some a certain amount of repairs. Is there a beach at Western Sydney? I'm gonna guess yes. I mean, it's it'll be uh, the famous Bondi Beach. I'm sure because that's in Australia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you would be right, but it is it is in winter there. Albeit, it'll still be warm.
0: You can still go the, they'll still have a barbecue on the beach, obviously all the time, and then just go to. Uh, Ramsey Street Surf
1: Club uh, Ramsey Street's in Melbourne But apart from that Yes it uh,
0: can't be far And then Where's the Surf Club where's... Home and away Yeah How far away was that from <sighs>
3: Not far No It's all pretty easy It's through. like 20 minutes They're all in the it's like Bradford is to Leeds Kind of thing
0: All in the shadow of that Of Airs Rock aren't they Yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can see it from From wherever you are On the island uh, Yeah so Have we opened anybody else's stadium I don't know I mean why would you ask Leeds United to open your stadium You, you can go get a a good team. <laughs> <laughs> or be
3: like Geisley <laughs> or someone if they've yeah. ever.
0: At least a team with like slightly more reliable fans. A new roof on Geisley or something like that. Yeah, you know, just take it straight off.
3: <laughs> we played at Osset United, didn't we in a preseason? That could have been.
0: Oh, that was actually that was their first name, uh, first game as a club, wasn't it? Possibly. Yeah. It the, the, although the, they, were, the they do just play
3: at the Osset Town Stadium, which is not new. So we
0: didn't open the stadium, but we opened the club. Okay. So that's something. They trusted us with that.
1: Uh, from opening clubs to a gentleman who nearly had our club shut down. Mr. Sean Harvey, have we got an update on that? Because we said that there'd be more when we uh, we put that one on a post-it note and stuck it to the wall in the last podcast. There's been uh, nasty words have been said about the TV deal, deal that Sean and his friends yes. signed, has not it? the
0: angry championship clubs have released a very angry statement saying how angry they are. They're all gravely concerned that they're being ignored. And... Um, Uh, their issues are not with Sky, they stress. And what's and yes, and they ended it by saying there is a calm determination within championship clubs to ensure the matter is not left here. And apparently one championship exec has said the EFL have started a war, which I don't imagine was Angus Kinnear. I think it would be one of the tougher ones.
1: Question for you. Mm -hmm. War, what (laughs) is it good for?
0: Um, Well, if it's good for fucking up Sean Harvey's life, I'm all for it, because it sounds... It doesn't seem like anybody wants this breakaway. They don't want a Premier League two. They're going to take legal action to see if this deal with Sky is actually legal. And all the reports after that was kind of after this angry statement came out started focusing on how unhappy everybody is with Sean Harvey. Mm. The clubs coming down from the Premier League have gone. They've left the uh, the beneficent bosom of Richard Scudamore to whom they would happily give a quarter of a million pounds uh, just just because they like him. And suddenly. Now they're dealing with Sean Harvey every day and they all seem to think he's a useless twat. Which is a, an <laughs> to,
3: opinion we all reached years years back. I mean, has Harvey tried to wash his hands of this and say he doesn't know who's done the deal or anything? He's as not. He, as he was fond of at Leeds. He's not been
0: the public face of it. There's, I think it's the... Because he's the chief exec, I think the chairperson, whose name escapes me, has been doing most of the talking. Um, but everybody is kind of saying, well, it's not her fault, you, you little <laughs> postman prick
1: it is worth pointing out by the way for anybody who's not familiar with this that we went you know delving into things didn't we quite a lot extensively around the Bates uh, Harvey Mm. axis and um, Harvey has had two administrations under his belt at Bradford City two and then another one at Leeds United under Bates and he's now running the Football League which if the rules on the owners and directors had been in place prior if it was like backwards applicable if they could... He got uh, off on uh, a technicality because he, he had it ret- one too early, didn't he? Yeah, retrospective... Uh, if they could apply it retrospectively, that's the phrase yeah. I was after. And
3: let's yeah. not forget that glorious period at Leeds as well where he, with a straight face, claimed he didn't know who
0: owned the club. For years. Didn't know who, who he was, his boss was, essentially. Yeah. Him and Ken Bates just did not know who, who had bought it or who they were working for.
1: And now he is in charge of the uh, the owners and directors test. Yes, he gets to decide all that.
0: I mean, the, the t- back to the TV rights thing,
3: it is kind of... Broken as a model is the TV thing because the Premier League costs something like £9 million a game and it's not worth that. The audiences of like, mm-hmm. for, for an average game like Bournemouth against Newcastle or something, that'll get about the same as a Leeds game in terms of an actual audience. But they're not obviously going purely on viewing figures and advertising. It's all trying to sell a subscription making you buy broadband and a million other things off it. And I suppose no one would particularly maybe subscribe to a product for the championship. But then when it's on, they do watch it. So the disparity between viewing figures is not enormous. Like an average Leeds game, it gets something like 350,000 viewers, whereas a Manchester derby, something might get like one and a half million. So mm. there is a difference, but it's not enough of a difference to justify the, the money that the clubs receive.
0: And it's probably, it's comparable to Fulham versus Bournemouth. Yeah. Which exactly. they're paying, which and those clubs are getting millions. There was an interesting article in favour of what the angry championship clubs are doing from the surprising source of Andy Holt who is the chairman of Accrington Stanley. Who are they? You don't want to know. Although did you see they subverted that? They redid that advert they got um, with some new kids doing it and then Ian Rush appears at the end and he goes, don't slag off Accrington Stanley, they're a really <laughs> good club and you should go down and get a season ticket. But So their chairman Andy Holt is really, uh, he's quite good on Twitter. He's very he did open something... isn't he,
3: just puts it all out there.
0: He put out all their income from their uh, from the visit of Barnsley he just put here's all the money we got from that game so it's like they took in uh, the, what the bottle bar took compared to the the, the other bars um, and just laid it all out and he said he's absolutely fine with what the championship clubs are doing because they're trying to close the gap on the Premier League as uh, just as he's trying to close the gap on the championship and he used exactly that example that um, Aston Villa versus Leeds is worth more than Fulham versus Bournemouth mm-hmm. and that the the sky are getting these matches for absolutely peanuts so he said while well, some of the other league one and two chairmen are kind of saying that they're, they're acting against the interests of the football league he says no they're acting in their own interest and they're absolutely fine and they're not out to screw anybody further down they've just got an absolutely valid valid question and they're beating their head against a, a sean harvey shaped wall The man who extracted so much value from the Checker Trade Trophy that it's now attended by two-figure
1: attendances. (laughs) I need to apologise for making that um, Accrington Stanley reference there, but I couldn't help it. When you hear the words Accrington Stanley, you have to say who are they from the advert. I also need to apologise as well for uh, what I said in the last podcast because I've fact-checked myself. You remember I was talking in the last one, in 106, about my trip to Munich. Mm -hmm. Now, I've looked at the date, I've looked at the game and all that sort of uh, information... I mentioned that they might have been playing. I think it was Hamburg. Wrong. It was Tony Yeboah's Eintracht Frankfurt. I mentioned that the team were playing in blue. Not correct. Mm -hmm. They were playing in black. I've looked at the photos. I said that at one point Bayern might have gone behind. Also not true. They were 2-0 up, 2-1, and then 1-4-1 in the end. Okay. Uh, That was the final score. But apart from that, it was a, a highly accurate recollection
0: of everything that happened there. To be fair, I think that fits in with pretty much the standard of the rest of the podcast. Absolutely. Like yeah. I've just walked out of Road. Elendrode. And the memories are already failing, apart from do 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 Bailey Peacock-Farrell.
1: And Moscow, final word on the United Ladies. You wanted to give this a mention, didn't you? A quick plug.
0: Went to see them play. First time this season at their new home of Thorparch. You can go to Thorparch. I think it's still a little bit mysterious. I haven't quite worked out how it would, how it would be up there. So you, you park in... Uh, there's a little car park next to the prison. And
1: oh, then you then just... you know you've ruined my joke
0: then. <laughs> what was your joke going to be?
1: Oh, I was going to say, is there a big fence around the edge of it and you've got to go through a security gate and people well, are wearing stripes.
0: And... There almost is now because I remember the, the days of... It was Darko Milanić when he used to go up there and there would be nobody on the security gate. There would be nobody on reception. Whereas now, as we're walking up, there was a car had made it almost to the car park and there was a guy there radioing back to the hut, Say, so, what is this car that's coming? But yeah, and you go up there and there's a little wooden shelter if it's on the 3G pitch, there's burger vans, all sorts of stuff. 1-3-0, solid performance teams looking decent. Naturally, having sponsored... Uh, Emma Bentley as the square ball this season. She wasn't playing, so th- that's the other example. <laughs> the <of this>. jinx. <laughs> we, we've jinxed her uh, entire career, not quite as badly as Jamal Blackman's. I think she can come back from this, um, but she wasn't in the team. But solid defence, yeah, Bridie Hannon, Kath Hamill has been there throughout. Hannah Campbell, who was there in the first year when we started getting involved, has come back from Bradford as a striker. I think she's got 18 goals. They just give her the ball and she runs through. And Where scores, does it?
3: So this fit in in the women's pyramid? Because there's now two divisions... There's, well, there's there's a professional division, a semi-professional yeah. division.
0: WSL, Women's Super League, then there's the Women's Super League 1, it's the division below That's that.
3: That's one Man United are winning 15-0 every weekend. Yes,
0: and then there's the, it's now National Football League, I think, and then National Football League 2. So, they're in the fourth of the four. The NFL. <laughs> the NFL. But um, but it's difficult to get up because you've got to have Man United money. So, on Sunday at 1 o'clock at Thorp Arch, FA Cup against... Doncaster Rovers, Bells. Six-time FA Cup winners, so it's kind of a it's kind of a, a big tie, but it's worth, like, Donny Bells aren't allowed in the WSL. Donny anymore, were in it
3: before before it was big, weren't they? They, Don- they were, like, the one of the big women's teams back in the day, I remember?
0: The pioneers of the 80s and 90s, and they're not allowed in it anymore because uh, Man United are.
2: Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Right, heroes and villains from this last week then. Uh, Ken up for his own award, the Ken Bates Villain Award for uh, still persisting.
0: Still alive, yeah. Not, I think on a week by week basis, we're not going to hear much from him. So it's for just...
1: teaching Sean Harvey everything he knows yes. or doesn't know.
0: For for his uh, for his little droid still being still bothering us. <laughs>
1: yeah. We need to chuck Lee Johnson in this one as well for being so graceless in that Bristol City defeat because he's no Marcelo Bielsa, is he? Let's face it, Marcelo, like you know, takes responsibility for just about everything. Almost too much sometimes,
0: yeah. including the ch- future of the children.
3: Yes, Three-side. want someone
1: more- <laughs> plastic straws. What are you thinking? <laughs> I bet he's furious about that. Furious.
0: So, yeah, Lee Johnson
3: could go in there. And also for his um, 1970s Jimmy Hill facial hair.
1: And
0: retrospectively for that whole Berardi broke, what's his name, mm. Matty Taylor's nose, when, like, within days, Matty Taylor's there going like, uh, no. It's Lee fine. Johnson
3: is a fucking liar. Yeah, that's basically yes. the bottom
0: line. <laughs> so that's what he's kinda of, uh, nominated for, for being a fucking liar.
3: Excellent. Uh, anybody else you want to pop in here? Phil Hay for... Ooh. Oh, remember when... Um, Juliano was there and he was always banging on about his offences. Well, mm-hmm. is Phil Hay really any better?
0: I used to think so, but I suspect you're about to change my mind. A disgusting
3: crime has been committed in Italy by Phil Hay. A traffic offence, no less.
1: He it, to, so he used to be on a pedestal for us as the, the YP's chief League United football writer and now image shattered. A common criminal is all he is. <laughs> when we say it's traffic taken, he's taken the um, authorities
3: 15 months to send him... A, a speeding ticket, or a, the, the, elusi-
1: the, ticket? the the elusive
3: Phil Hay. Indeed, <laughs> is it speeding or parking? I can't remember. Who knows? It could be
1: any of those. So, or did, or
3: did he mow over a, a, maybe a, a family? It's a bit dark. <laughs> I don't think he did. To be fair, I think I think he probably went on a state for
1: the record.
0: <laughs> I think even the Italian legal system would have caught up with him a little bit sooner than fifteen months. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm sure it's just an administrative error, rather than <laughs> rather than destroying a family. Should we move on to the? Either, either way, though, we're not a bastard. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, it's
1: a crime's a crime. All right, listen, we need to narrow this down. We've got any more any more nominations for for villainy? It's been a fairly villain-free week, hasn't it? Actually,
0: um, us we broke Jamal Blackman's leg. No, okay. you for the dive. Don't want to see it. I haven't even seen it, but we'll just nominate him <laughs> that, anyway. That
1: what you know? Talk about vulgarity. That was vulgar. Mm. That was vulgar. Who's having
0: it? Although, obviously, I mean, Phil Hay will get his punishment. His day will come in court <laughs> and he will pay for a long time in prison. I think mean, Lee Johnson. Yeah. that all all like fucking lies.
1: And on to uh, heroes then. And a few I think we could uh, we could pull out from the last week, definitely. Calvin Phillips has been on fire. Nothing specific he's done, just been really, really good, really.
0: Speaking of, I mean, I was going to uh, cite this as an authoritative uh, remark, but it was Phil Hay who said it, but he said uh, potential future captain today i mean if you'd said that about calvin phillips maybe a year ago you'd have thought this guy was not only drunk when he was driving that car in italy but on a, a hideous cocktail of drugs whereas now it sounds like calvin phillips as lead tonight captain it's plausible and it could happen He's, yeah calvin's finding his feet and giving lots of good interviews that are like saying the proper things about the fans and how great it is to play and all that sort of stuff so he's, he's stepping into it he's doing and, well
3: and he's just, he's just centre back for God's sake
0: I was who just, saw this coming I was just about to say so on Marcello Bielsa's kind of fuck you to all the other football managers yeah we lined up tonight with uh, Calvin Phillips and Liam Cooper Liam Cooper's really good as well now I
3: don't know what, I don't know what to think of the world if <laughs> so Liam Cooper had arrived this season and played as well as he has we'd think he was a brilliant signing and he, we've just got old Cooper still in our heads hmm and it's hard to sometimes shift it, but he's been really good.
0: We'd be worrying about those bids from Southampton, wouldn't we? Exactly. 15 million's going to take him.
1: Uh, also, um, Samu, he's, uh, he's proven his worth a little bit. And, and not only that, but he was singing long. That footage was caught of him singing long to his own song, wasn't he?
0: Beautiful against Bristol. He's in front of the South Stand waiting for a corner to be taken. And he's just he's trying not to look at the crowd. He's trying to be professional. They just starts laughing, and then he pretends to pull his socks up, and it's like so he can sing his own little bit of this song. It's great. He loves playing football. He wasn't kidding when he said what I like is I like playing football, and he likes us singing his name.
1: And obviously, the obvious candidate off uh, off the back of tonight happened only about ninety minutes ago. Bailey Peacock Farrell. Like a phoenix from the flames, do, rising do, from. Do do
0: do, one Willie Huff I mean, do, do do. What's he called? Bailey Peacock Farrell. Yeah, my favorite. I
1: mean, obviously Moscow's not going to go for this because he's the original um, Bailey Peacock Farrell. Hater. I mean, he's you...
0: no Nigel Martin, is he? Eh?
1: He's not a Nigel Martin, but it's unfair to make comparisons, Moscow. Was it unfair?
0: You can compare one footballer with another um, all the time. He's, what had, what we he's,
1: do. he's had a good. He's had a good night tonight, and he's one of those three points.
0: Do you know where he is now? I mean, it's what are we? an hour and a half from the end of the game. We're saying he's having a good night. Champagne bottles on the floor. If we go down Greek Street, are we going to find him raging in the pavements?
3: Him and Phil
1: Hay rolling around.
0: <laughs> Phil's designated driver, <laughs> but he just doesn't care. Uh,
1: and anybody else?
0: Marcello Bielsa. He's got a specific one, not just for like general uh, goodness, but I enjoyed. Again, it's a, it's a press conference thing, but he was asked, are you happy with how Kimar Roof is playing? And, um, and this was quite near the end of the press conference, so bearing in mind he'd been talking about the environment and um, <laughs> Italian traffic laws for about 30 minutes already. And, uh, yeah, so are you happy with how Kimar Roof is playing? He just laughed and said, imagine I answer no. And then you have some questions. And everybody kind of laughed at that, but then he was like, you have some questions that include the answer. And I kind of liked that. It was a little bit bit of a throwback to the old Thomas Christensen days. I mean, he was always throwing shade in his press conferences. That was very... I mean he was always... Uh, there was a very long stumbling question about whether J. Roy Grott was going to play at, at Newport. Like, are you going to pick? Do you think maybe, because he's had some criticism, do you think J. B. J. Roy Grott got And he started nodding off. with, a, Well. He uh, he, he would play. It was the one time he didn't start something with, well, he will play. And this is Biasa as well. I was like, imagine, I said, I'm not happy with how Kemal Roof is playing. So, yeah, giving some journalis- journalists grief. And I'm sure once he's heard about uh, the summons that has arrived from the, the boots of Europe, he'll be giving Phil Hay some brief in the next one as well.
1: And he hugged Bamford as well.
0: I mean the Bamford hug, yeah, of course. I mean that's probably why I want to give him the the award.
1: But I'd go Peacock
3: Farrell just because he's made this late podcast Never. a lot more a lot more pleasant. <laughs> Never. I've, it would have yeah. been would have been quite miserable to be honest if if Reading have equalised.
1: Given that everybody chipped away at him at the last couple of weeks and he's turned it around and did exactly what he needed no. to do. I say I say BPF as well. Yeah. BPF off. He can no. stop sending in the letters. Yeah. So he can have it under protest from Moscow, Billy oh, Peacock Farrell. go
0: on. He's given me a new song to sing,
1: and I like the conga, so it's great.
0: Of course he can win.
1: Right, on the way. We're on Sky again this weekend. Uh, Call me surprised. Uh, Sheffield United away at lunchtime on Saturday. They're quite good. That said, though, they've wobbled lately prior to the winning against Brentford tonight.
0: What was the score?
1: They won three goals to two. Mm, that's
0: a wobbly score.
1: Brentford have been wobbling themselves as well.
0: Well, if they can score two against Sheffield United, then that that gives us hope for what Saez is going to do to them.
1: We um we discussed at some length last time the value of uh, pirates versus robins and beaks and so on. We're up against mm. blades here.
0: Blades against peacocks. It'll be all right. I mean, there's nobody makes any knives or forks in Sheffield anymore, so it'll just be some cheap Chinese imports that are, ain't worth the little bend as soon as they try to stick it in. Bailey Peacock Farrell's got a very stern, big forehead. Try and jab a fork into that. That
1: fork's bending so I'm not worried. In what minute will Billy Sharp score?
0: All of them going to score 90 goals I think.
1: Will it be, it'll either be one of two things I think. It'll either be in the first five minutes or the last five minutes. One of the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Maybe depending depending on on another couple need... sandwiched somewhere in the middle. <laughs> He will score.
0: He will score. Are we will put money on that? May as well. Yeah, I Kids think... Kids college funds.
1: I think he will score, but do you know what? I'm going to stick my neck on the block here and say we're going to win this game. What, what if we were to discuss their
3: weaknesses, mm. um, according to internet fantasists... Um, Whoscored.com. Who scored. Who com. what What would you say they were?
1: Uh, Why are you asking? Don't encourage him.
0: Their weaknesses, according to Whoscored.com, they're very reliable, Whoscored.com. They're quite weak at avoiding offside. I don't think we really play enough so that might not be. They're weak at defending counter-attacks, so that's good. We do that. They're weak at protecting the lead, so if Billy Sharp does score in the first five minutes, we're still in with a chance, the game isn't over. And they're also weak at aerial duels, so maybe we need to stick Arpo Haume up front. Mm. And that's all their weaknesses, their strengths. Billy Sharp scoring against leads, mm. that appears to be their strengths. <laughs> there's there's nothing else. No, down the wings, attacking down the wings, they're very strong creating chances through individual skill, which I assume is not Billy Sharp. And this is Billy Sharp finishing scoring chances. They're strong. Mm. He scored 10. Oh, but their style is non-aggressive. That's good to know. So we can get in amongst them. They've Mm. got some blunt blades that they're bringing.
1: I've I've got a feeling there might be a a sort of a Sheffield, I mean, ignoring the Thunder Bastard goal, but um, a Sheffield Wednesday kind of vibe about this, in that we've never done that well, have we, in, in local derbies, but we're changing the way that things are now. We're, we're ripping up that rule, but... Do you think Bielsa gives a fuck? I mean, we've
0: seen a little bit of of what his uh, life was like in Argentina with the Copa Libertadores not being played at the weekend because they completely trashed a bus, left the players wearing eye patches, so they could come and have played for us if they wanted, um, <laughs> being told they don't have to go to hospital, etc., etc., etc. So when it's all... it's I try to pump it up. Like, oh, it's
1: a big, what they're the big do, derby match. Put goal music
0: on. Yeah. yeah. I mean they asked, there was a little bit of that when um somebody asked him about when Steve Bruce had that cabbage thrown at him and some <laughs> said, Have you ever had a cabbage thrown at you? And he basically listed the kind of things that used to get thrown at him in, in Argentina, like pistols, live dogs, um <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember lawn mowers. <laughs> this, whatever, whatever was uh was was the hand it sounded like this, he's come flying into his dugouts and he's like, Yeah, it didn't phase him. So there's nothing really from that, that sense that he'll he'll worry about. Yeah, so we don't have anything to fear and also he's putting those hoodoos, hoodoos to bed one by one. We we won on a Tuesday night tonight.
3: We beat Derby away, didn't we? As well? and that's that's traditionally. I know I know Chris Wood scored a winner once, but we we've, we've generally struggled a bit at Derby and we just yeah. wafted it away. Just like, nope,
0: not anymore. Frank Lampard. We'll win there now. Not interested. I mean tonight was all set up for it. Reading, Mike Dean, Tuesday night cold. You uh, know
1: 10 Goal Tuesday, was it? Yeah, long-time listeners of the podcast will remember 10 Goal Tuesday, won't they? So, West Brom sat back and hit us on the counter. Do you think, like, Sheffield United will come at us? Because it's the teams that come at us that leave space for us to play in that we tend to beat.
0: It doesn't say anything on scored.com about them counter-attacking as an attacking uh, thing. They attack down the left. No, they they like to control the game in the opposition's half. So, we can all... Revisit that when they when they pick us off five times on the counter attack <laughs> from from defending corners. I mean that's out of the two that we played. I think Bristol were worse than Reading, but I couldn't really see what either one of them was kind of trying to do to beat us. So it might be interesting to see Sheffield United because they can't get away with not trying to beat us. They're going to have
1: to try. But then again, Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, I don't know why I'm drawing the because it could be any club, but Sheffield Wednesday. Are
0: both from Sheffield, yeah. That easy. Could, that's
1: probably it. It's a lazy comparison, but I'm um, it's one I'm ready to go with. Um, they didn't try and beat us either, did they? they? Sat back a bit,
0: yeah. But Sheffield Wednesday have been kind of beaten down for a long time, like they don't even have proper kits anymore. It's just like the chairman sews his favorite word was it? it's elevate, isn't it? Onto, a, onto some t shirts that he's got from the market. Um, and they have they have a rough old time, um, just existing as a football club anymore. Not because they're under much threat, just I think they're quite bad at it. Whereas Sheffield United have got Chris Wilder, who who bleeds red if you cut him, mm. um, and you you would always cut along, him along with a lot of the population. And he would always cut him with a a proper Sheffield blade as well. He loves it, being Mister Sheffield United, and it's all about that. So he's the manager, and then Billy Sharp's the captain. So it's all it's all very we're the proper Sheffield team. They've probably got the. Drummer from Def Leppard could be their goalkeeper if we can have Jamal Blackman of on one limbs. leg.
3: Yeah,
0: I did watch? Because when I wrote that interview with Brian Dean for our summer special, which is still available on our web- website, and also for the Compendium paperback Tales from Ellen Road Volume One, which you can get from Tales. Seamless, no, it's absolutely seamless. <laughs> I don't actually. Get, I've been paid for that, and I actually haven't been paid for it yet. But I don't get any more. I don't get any percentage. Is so Phil Hayes
3: still your slice?
0: Yeah, he has to be paid. Oh no, this one has to be paid in lira, and he also has to be paid in like 1997 when that joke would have been relevant. Um, But when I interviewed Brian Dean, I looked back at the uh, videos of him playing for Sheffield United, and there, um, the season that they went up second to us, 1989-90. Their end of season review video has the main singer from Def Leppard is one of the people that they just keep cutting in between games. There's him, and there's various like Sheffield people who I Sean just Bean. don't recognise. That Sean B, you don't think he was famous yet at that point? So it was 1989's version of famous Sheffield. So the only one recognises is the guy from Def Leppard. I've
1: got a theory. Mm-hmm. You know, when we have prominent seasons like winning the league and getting promoted and stuff, games against Sheffield United always carry significance.
0: Go on, Gary Speed. Get one yourself, son. Yep, As was... John Helm did not say. Wasn't John Helm? But, uh, Boyd. Uh... It wasn't Boyd either. It was a cl- whoever the club was commentator was at Boyd? the time. Now Boyd did the um, the voiceover on the the video, so he was the narrator. Ah, but then yeah. it's a it's a it's a club commentator whose name I can never find or remember. It's a little bugbear of mine when people say it with John Helm. Well, John helps us the next commentary, and it's a different voice. If yeah.
1: you if you know, get in touch. If you know that, yes, do is, let us do. know.
0: But yeah, so yeah, and that, we are speaking on the anniversary Brian of Brian Gale's death as well. So yes, and we won the league down at Bramall Lane, where we're playing on uh,
3: several comedy goals in that. One, I seem to remember they were all, all comedy them, goals, all of them. Yeah,
0: all the them. and in between was. Gordon Strachan scoring at Bramwell Lane when he ran the length of the pitch a little bit like Gary Speed's goal, mm. but um, he ended up kind of dribbling around and then just tapping into the um, far corner and doing his uh, strongman celebration and sitting on the, 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 hoarding, on the hoarding, which gave, I think it was, well, I don't want to get the commentator wrong after being such a bitch about um, John Helm. Whoever was doing the commentary Saying, uh, and he really
1: was the top man in Yorkshire this weekend. Dun, dun, dun. But yes, yeah, so that's my that's my prediction. It's because it's a bit. It's always a significant game against Sheffield United. Do you so.
0: think it's going to decide the fate of the title?
1: I think all of them have a bearing on it. But I think that's the
0: most. If you, are you trying to be Marcello Bielsa with that answer? It's like all the games we have to evaluate the results. <laughs> to of be honest, all our opponents.
1: What I'm trying to do is just come up with this hokey theory and saying some words that. I to back it up in in a random order, really. I'm uh, just coming up with a silly idea. And I'd, I'd just like to see us go up, is what I mean. And I really want us to beat Sheffield United. That's what I mean. That's what I really
0: mean. Well, you may get one if those things comes true.
1: Rolling forward onto the next few games, QPR at home and then um, Bolton away. Again, two winnable games, as we said about these two games. Would you take uh, maybe a, a defeat to Sheffield United, if it guaranteed, not that it works like this, but six points out of the next two games?
0: Mm, I'll take 15 out of 15. I think, from this run of five fixtures.
1: Okay, I'm, f- I'm fine to yeah, go with that. That's yeah. what
0: I'm going to take Cause QPR and Bolton. I mean, Bolton are falling apart at the seams. Falling apart like the Macron kits that sponsor their shambles of a stadium. And do you know one of the reasons why they're losing a lot of money? That hotel is an absolute money pit that they ah, have really? there. Uh, so there's um, the reference to old Kenneth. So we'll beat Bolton. QPR, I think Steve McLaren, I get the impression he doesn't care. So he may be up for it, testing himself against Marcello Bielsa. Be like, you know, I, I, I used to work with Alex Alex Ferguson. Get out of my way, you, you weirdo.
1: Their stadium is not even the Macron anymore, isn't it? It's the University of Bolton Stadium. And the, the irony is here that it said Macron in the seats and you can still see it, it won't come off. Whereas the contrast with our shirts, one wash, boom. So if you fancy having a look for us online, we are The Square Ball across all the major social media platforms. A reminder that issue five of our magazine will be out for QPR on December the 8th. You can get that digitally online or you can buy it at the stadium. It'll be on sale at Ellen Roads. Also check out the merch. We've got a lovely line of winter hoodies, military green, if that's your bag. And jumpers. And jumpers as well. Yeah, we've got the, uh, obviously it's not on an unlucky yellow away kit and the corresponding T-shirt that we drew inspiration from
0: yes inspired by just yeah. like the military green was inspired by very
1: lucky very very lucky indeed. we'll bring out
0: white t-shirts next
1: and also have a look out for the um, 2019 calendars and the coloring books the profits from which go to the leeds children's hospital uh, charity leeds cares Are we not just going to give them to jamal blackman help with his recovery no the, cha- no. the charity leeds cares not chelsea cares nobody cares we, we, now we, Liam Cooper cares. We sympathise for you, Jamal. We sympathise, but the money's going to the children in Leeds that need it. Everything you need, you can find all that at the squareball.net. And finally, let's just say good luck. You two guys next week are off to the awards ceremony Football Sports Federation. Tarot London. Yep. It's where yep. Phil, Phil Hay belongs. You might see him there.
0: We definitely won't spend all night, or I won't spend all night singing. Do 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 get well, Jim o Blackman or songs related to it? Because that would annoy Michael. I think Good. after I've had three bottles of wine and I'm <laughs> and he's trying to carry me home.
1: And you are a bit of a two pint screamer. I remember from when we've been there before. This is the, by the way, it's the Football Supporters Federation uh, Awards for the end of the year. We've been nominated for. Is, we've been every year. We've been nominated. Is it six years we've been nominated? I think now? this is our eighth. Is it nomination? Yep. We're the only we're the only people to always be
0: nominated anyway. Yep. Two times winners. Are we the only people to have won twice as yeah. well? So really, we're due a hat-trick, so whether this is going to be the one, who knows.
3: And if, not, if we don't win, it's basically just more corruption. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just
0: kick off Copa Libertadores style and so say it's a comedy ball fix. <laughs> we'll make them hold it again in Peru.
1: So we need to figure out what we're going to do in the absence of you two with this podcast, and fingers crossed we'll speak to you soon.
2: The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip?